Ladies and gents, today we're speaking to Worth, who is an American living in London who's created an app called Singing Streets. It's a music location app that you fire up and it tells you all the locations around you of musical significance. Pretty good. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to this 48th episode of A Bed with Stev. I'm here with Worth. Hello, Worth. Hello, Stev. Yeah, Worth is down in Southwark. <laughs> what does Worth mean, actually? What, is, what does your name mean? And who are you? It's short for Ellsworth, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, so your name is Ellsworth? Well, my name is Lyman Ellsworth Wagers III. Really? And I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Yes. It's like a thing in the States. You, you have junior, and then my dad is junior, and my grandfather was senior, and I'm the third. So what are you doing in London? I think I've, have I asked you this before? You've lived in Sydney as well, haven't you? And you've been in London for what is it, 10 years or eight years or something? Yeah, we've been in London for almost eight years. Um, before that, we were in Boston for six years, seven years. Before that, we were in Sydney for six years. Before that, I was in Chicago for about eight years. My, uh, in 2000, um, my girlfriend at the time now wife got a job teaching in Sydney and so I just we just sort of went and got married along the way Mm. and uh so now I kind of follow her along she's got she's a she's teaching at King's College now and uh that's starting to happen with me as well it's a good gig you know following a lady a successful (laughs) lady that's what I'm doing (laughs) how did you find Sydney my sister's just moved back from there she was I loved Sydney yeah so much i mean it was just after like living in chicago having that be the first big city i went to sydney was like chicago mixed with you know san francisco mixed with seattle like coastal but cool people cool friendly people you know Mm. just it was like it was great like and you know i i moved there in my i think early 30s and I got into a band then and was great like just immediately got into a band and moved to Boston immediately got into a band moved to London immediately got into a band so you know it's just all the weird work I put in in Chicago being in a power pop band and then I was in an alt country band in Chicago so Mm. what are these bands because I'll dig them out and I'll play a clip of each one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll play I'll play the latest one shall I so that's Golden Spike Golden Spike is the current band and and it's been really fun with Golden Spike because I, I, it's the first time I've written music in, in like a long time and it's been a lot of fun. I've mm. found a, Aiden who's the lead singer and uh, and I've been writing a lot so it's been it's been a lot of fun yeah I mean before that I was kind of just in other people's bands but you know played South by Southwest opened up for Jeff Tweedy I mean done Have you? tons of stuff yeah yeah. I played Lilith Fair to 23,000 people. Crazy. Did you? And were you playing bass or what? You played I was playing guitar. I was playing rhythm guitar. I didn't start playing bass until I moved to Boston. Uh, when I just figured, you know, more people need a bass player. <laughs> yeah. 
And how did you find Boston? Emily's from Marblehead. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I didn't know. Actually, I didn't know that. Um, Originally. I love, yeah, I love, like, I love Boston. We were in Cambridge uh, in Porter Square, and it's just, uh, it was great. I know it. That's where my sister-in-law lives, and we go over there. Well, we used to right. go over there every year. Right, so I'm going to play Golden Spike a little clip. Is there any song you want me to find and play? That, a uh, new one? Or you've got a new, you had a new song, didn't you? Am I? Yeah. Um, well, we had California Death Cult Girl. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, let's play that one. So you started an app. Yes. Singing Streets. I've been talking about it. How did it happen? Was it your idea or was it your partner's idea or how did it come about? Well, it was my idea. I, I, actually, it, ha- it came about because I moved to London in uh, 2013. And I, I was just walking around and just being like, look, so much history, ha- so much music history happened here. And I'm a huge, huge Beatles fan, huge Stones fan, huge Bowie fan. Um, and I just was like, all this stuff, I, I, I'm probably passing this every day and I don't know about it. And the kicker came when I was at work because I, I work in Belgravia uh, for a travel company. And I found out like six months after I worked there that around the corner was Brian Epstein's house where on the roof they had the Sergeant Pepper release party. You know, everybody was there. like. This, this nexus of, of amazing musicians, and he died there, sadly. Um, and I never knew it, there's no plaque, you know, I never knew anything about it. So I just started jotting down these addresses. And initially it was because the um, London has the postal code, which each building has their own postal code, which kind of blew my mind as, a, as an American and, and having lived in Sydney, because normally the, the postal code is, is a general area of, you know, a block or two or something like that or at the minimum but the postal codes were this individual building here's where it happened so i just started collecting all of these things you know at first all the simple not the simple but the the, the predictable stuff like the bowie album cover you know the ziggy stardust and and all that stuff and I've, i got you know got up and i got a couple hundred things and i started getting really 
starting to think, you know what, this should be an app. This should, I wanted this when I moved here. I wanted to see where everything, where all this music happened. And it's not, it's not out there. I mean, it's out there in, in dribs and drabs. Like you can, you can go to a Bowie website, you can go to a Beatles website, you can find the address, but it's not all in one place where you can just turn it on and see what's near you. And so I just wanted that to exist so that I could use it. So I basically put together this spreadsheet of thousands of addresses <laughs> and, uh, and was talking to a friend a few years ago and said, you know, I'd really love to turn this into an app. And he had some spare time. Um, this is Mark Redman, a good friend of mine from, we met in Boston actually at a Burt Yanch gig <laughs> in Cambridge, in Somerville near Boston. Yeah. And he moved back to Dublin. So he's, he's living in Dublin. And so he does all the technical wizardry and he's really a huge music fan as well. So he contributes stuff mm. to it as well. But basically it's just me walking around and like me finding all this stuff, reading I've for the last like couple of years, I've just been reading biographies after biography of London musicians. And I've got every, almost every major artist's first London gig that happened in London and I just want to know all this stuff. And I figure there's going to be a few people who want to know that too, or, or at least a fraction of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting because I've always spoke to my dad about it and his idea was a walking tour, but the app element is the 21st century element, isn't it? And it's kind of, you don't need to be taking people there and it's so useful. And now everybody's walking. I, well, yeah. I am. So people are walking more, you know? Yeah. Uh, they've discovered their own neighborhood and stuff like that. So it's really useful to fire it up and just have some interesting information because as well, we're in a time where people maybe are just worried or something or going for a walk to clear their head. And it just reminds you of art and creativity and, you know, it makes you appreciate the place you live in maybe. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it would be like the arts council that would come up with something like this. Is it, are they the people that do the blue plaques? Yeah. Well, the, the blue plaques I've found are the, the can be so many different entities who are sponsoring those. Sometimes it's just people paying mm. for it. Um, you know, there's a reggae council who or a reggae group who put together all these reggae plaques. And so, yeah, it's all over the place. I mean, I, I've in the app, we, I've been walking around London for the past year, taking photos of every single site, and mm. um, which has been a great project during lockdown because it's- It's more peaceful it, out as well, it's quieter. It's really peaceful. I mean, I got super nice photos of the Abbey Road crossing with no one in it, mm, <laughs> you know, mm, and uh, I know, I mean, you know, Liverpool Street Station with no one in it. It's kind of this weird special time that I just felt like if I, I really needed to get out and start. And it's been good, you know, good exercise, obviously, as well. So Yeah, it's amazing. When you've been taking photos, have there been any notable incidents? Have yeah. anybody gone, what are you doing? <laughs> or anything like that? Because I felt like that sometimes. Because to check yeah. in, you have to go right to the door. So yeah, the first sorry. one was when I was in Pinner <laughs> and I went mm. right to the door and I was like, somebody else lives here. It's Elton John, where Elton John grew up. And <laughs> the one I did a few when was that? Maybe only a few days ago. You had it set up so I could do it from the gate. I think it was Paul McCartney's house yeah. near the cricket ground. I was like, oh, because right. like with that one, it's like I don't want to be spotted because you know <laughs> it's a it's a bit yeah. But have you ever had any incidents or anything happen? There have been a few weird uh, weird things. The, I think the weirdest the weirdest incident I had was probably the 
um, trying to find where they took the Beggar's Banquet album cover, the Stones did, mm -hmm. at this uh, house called Serum Chase. And it was this, you know, like you've seen the, the the inside Beggar's Banquet where it's it's just all like them having this debauched banquet where, you know, they're drinking wine and eating, you know, turkey legs or whatever, huzzah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I was taking photos of the outside and this guy came out and was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you taking photos? And, you know, it was all this stuff. And I was just like, you know, I'm just a Stones fan, man. You know, I'm just taking and did he even of know? Beggar's Banquet. Yeah, yeah. He... Uh, he said, oh, yeah, okay, and then let me go, but not let me go. I mean, I was outside. He couldn't really do anything about it. Yeah. But then I actually looked it up later, and it found out that it's some, it's some like, multimillionaire property magnet owns the house now, mm. and he's in some kind of dispute with his neighbor who's a famous boxer. Okay. okay. And they've been in the tabloids and all this stuff, and I was just, like, you know, in the middle of this I hear about this. Robbie Williams lives next door to Jimmy Page as well, doesn't it? And they have an ongoing yeah. feud. I don't know, is that in Kensington or something? They do. That's in uh, Holland Park, just south of Holland Park. Um, yeah. I've taken a photo of both of those places too. Jimmy Page's house is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a gothic? It looks incredible. Oh, it's just like this, you know, exactly where you want him to live with gargoyles and <laughs> everything. Why I mean, do you think it's not um, it's not represented then what you've done? Why do you think it's not happened? Just nobody thought of it or nobody's maybe everybody's a bit old or something that, that like rock and roll baby boomer music because it's such, such a good idea. I don't know. Um, we, we've tried to be pretty um, holistic about it. I mean, there's, you know, Britney Spears stuff in it and Britney Spears videos in it and uh, Dua Lipa. You know, I've tried to be like, I've tried to put as much as I can. I'm not like initially, obviously it was just a, uh, you know, an outlet for my interests and things like that. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. But, but, you know, you start to realize, well, you want people to get out of it. And if a family's visiting, say from America, then, you know, the dad gets something out of it. The kids get something out of it. Yeah. You know, you, like you want, uh, so I just wanted to put as much as I could in it. And, and we're still adding like a hundred locations every couple months i mean it's still like building and building and building and building so i don't know i mean i think right now the the main problem is that londoners aren't really embracing it i was hoping that because you know i really built it for londoners who live here mm -hmm. wanted to turn it on and see what's the closest location to me like what happened right near where i live that i didn't know about i mean mm. the closest location to my flat right now is was the hit factory where never going to give you up. Oh, <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's one of the first vinyls I got. Uh, really? I got Rick cool. Astley's first album. Yeah. On vinyl. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, if you go around the back, there's this like crazy little Gothic, like where his office was like doorway and with vines where his office was. So and that's, that's Pete right. By Waterman, the right? Yeah. Pete Waterman. Yeah. And that's right by the glad where they took, used to be a gay bar and that's where they took, uh, all, they like they put Kylie there apparently while they wrote her first track because she showed up out of nowhere. I should be so a, lucky. Yeah, and they didn't have a song ready for her, and so they said go to the Glad or something and 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 drink, and then we'll write the song, and then really? they recorded it. Yeah, but that was so huge that song in the I UK know. at the time. It was really big. So what's but, the closest thing to you? Where where you're? In your I song? think it's the estate on the Linda Thompson, Richard Thompson mm -hmm. album cover, the Alexander Estate, is it? Right. And the Foles music video. Well, I could just open it now. 
and someone from the pretenders i think live very close to here all right so they're my chickens nearby locations yeah alexandra road estate Stephen Severin, Susie and the Banshee's bassist, lived here 400 oh, yeah. meters away. I just yeah. took that photo. Oh, yeah? So yeah. the photos are coming on it. And are you ever going to link to the song or anything? I suppose that would take some big corporate thing with it to be linked. No, to no, it. it does, actually. If you look at the bottom, um, oh, yeah? it says um, it usually says if you have Apple Music hooked up to it, it'll play the song. Oh, I don't see. So why, why yeah. Apple Music... Is that uh, that because, works better for the whole system? Does it? Well, it's just that that's how we tied it into the app and to the you know iStore and. Hey, maybe I'll get Apple Music, but when I did it, it did that thing where I've bought songs, so I'm I'm now uh, you know evolving to be a vinyl person. Whereas yeah. before I was MP3 and I have all these weird live versions, bootlegs I was dragging onto this phone. But I think everybody's losing that fight a bit, right? Hmm. So now I do use Spotify. But when I did try to use Apple Music or even have the option open, it doubled up all the songs and it uh, added artwork for the Beatles. It was for like, you know, Pink Floyd or something. So I, it, it feels like me, yeah. to, like a virus to me. <laughs> but I'll annoying. try it. Maybe I'll try it because, you know. Well, there's also it's definitely if it's a video or a song, then it'll be like view related website and it'll be a YouTube link to the song as well. Mm, that's brilliant, though. So, yeah. Because that was my idea as well, you know, partly is that that's an important part. If someone's actually on a walking tour and you had the song come on as mm. they walk to the point and it really lights up mundane places, doesn't it? And it does, yeah. Yeah. I feel like going forward, the younger people will be more East. So is that is that something you've seen or with the younger acts? Because they're recording in Hackney and Peckham and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got... To be honest, it, it, it's just been this like overwhelming, like so many people want their favorite thing in the app. So every, everyone <laughs> yeah. who engages with it, you know, <laughs> yeah. I knew is always like, how come you don't have this? And we're like, OK, well, we'll put that in it. <laughs> and, you know, it's it, the nice thing is, is just it, it accepts anything you want. Um, not that it's new, but I was just at Torag Studios, which, you know, I'd heard of for years and years and years. And I was so excited to like take a photo there and uh, the White Stripes and the, they have all the Abbey Road analog gear. It's on a street, isn't it? On like a, a terraced house street. You'd totally never, random. ever know that it's there. I haven't been there, but I've seen photos of the street. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then it's just down this little alleyway, mm. down this, you know, little thing. And then and you would never know i mean that's the beauty of this thing is that there's just so many hidden little gem musical gems all over london like mm. thousands that's been really cool mm. my one was is it the church the one that's behind a costa in Belsize park oh no that's the country club isn't it the country club yeah and we walked yeah. up to it and me and emily were like well what is this and what's in there now and because <laughs> we want to open a venue so i was thinking mm. well should we just try and get hold of this but yeah, my dad hadn't heard of that either. And did Hendrix play in there and stuff like that? Hendrix played there, I think. I, I definitely know Elton John played there right before he played the Troubadour mm. in LA, which was like his big breakout. Mm. You know, that was like his 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 breakthrough. And he played Country Club around the exact same time. Yeah, I often wonder in maybe a begrudged way, why don't these like really successful 75 year old musicians like 
why don't they buy one of these venues or do, do they mean anything to them it's weird isn't it yeah i know that like ronnie wood and a few people like pitched in to save the hundred club about 10 years mm-hmm. ago but then there's other venues that just go by the wayside and it's interesting how i don't know i mean certain artists give back in a way don't they but it's almost like they need to be the new record industry because they know how it works they've had well they have the money they earned the money back when you could earn money you know like i feel like elton john should do something like that i mean he's a great like by all accounts i've obviously never met him but by all accounts he's just a huge music fan yes like really loves like the whole process and yeah you would hope he would be like let's just start this again. <laughs> like He's and- a real industry guy when you hear an interview with him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. really a fan particularly, but yeah, it's weird because I'm from Pinner as well. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've played in, I haven't played the Troubadour, played the Viper room. Anyway, they don't have to do anything, do they? No, no, they don't. I mean, Elton, I, I think especially like early on was, I, I have a huge love for, I mean, Tumbleweed Connection, which, you know, the fact that they're like these country British guys being like, you know what, we're going to do Americana like the band. Yeah. Yeah. And they filmed that like the album cover for Tumbleweed Connection, like it's some disused train line down south in London. <laughs> so what's your favorite based on what's special to you? What are your some of your favorite check ins? Hmm. Probably my favorite check in. Was is an odd one because it was uh, it's it was up near Wood Green and it's the studio where REM recorded Fables of the Reconstruction. Mm. And REM are really special to me because they're the band that really turned me on to modern indie music. Um, I was you know living in the South and and listening to classic rock because all that was on the radio was like hair metal, like poison and white snake. And, you know, it just wasn't really doing much for me. (laughs) And I read an article and I read an interview in cream magazine with REM and reckoning had just come out and, and, uh, and it was just like, Oh, they sound like the birds. And I was like, I was a huge birds fan. And I was like, that sounds good. I'll buy that. So I went to the mall and bought the reckoning and it changed my life. I mean, it just, I went, bought everything REM had released. And then I went back and, and in the same interview, they had, they recommended the Velvet Underground. And I, so I was like, all right, I'm going to buy all the Velvet Underground records. And, you know, it was, it was like my education when mm. I was in high school. And it was really important to me. So, like, to see, like, this um, Joe Boyd, who, you know, produced Fairport Convention and, and Sandy Denny and just, you know, an incredible producer, uh, produced Fables of the Reconstruction, the REM record that I love. And uh, so it was really cool seeing that studio where they did it you know mm. and apparently by all accounts they hated recording there but still, what is it, it now was, yeah. is it a costa coffee it's still or... a studio it actually is is it no no th- thankfully it's still a studio it's owned by maloko who are this group that own all these major studios i mean they own the the one near me where oasis recorded orinoco where uh, enya recorded that you know hugely mm-hmm. selling orinoco flow record I remember when I heard your band, Golden Spike, though, there was elements of REM, which I haven't heard really, because we we hosted (laughs) four Americana acts a month for six years. And you're probably the only band where REM came up, but they're quite an important band, aren't they, in America? Because, yeah, you're right, between all the hair metal and Nirvana, they were there, weren't they? 
Yeah, they really, after the sort of post-punk, you know, Minutemen, um, Black Flag thing, I mean, they really took that on board, but brought all their 60s influences on board rather than the, you know, super punk, hardcore stuff. So, yeah, it was really appealing to me. And also, you know, as an early guitarist, I could play all the stuff. It was really arpeggiated. It was simple chords that you could figure out. So, so Peter Buck is like your guy for learning guitar. Yeah, he was. I mean, that and, you know, I got a Beatles chord book when I first started, yeah. <laughs> which is great. See, I got an Oasis chord book and then I yeah. went on to Steve Craddock, who plays in Ocean Colour Scene <laughs> and he plays blues, rock, jazz with Paul Weller and stuff. So that right. was mine. But yeah, Peter Buck's good as well. He played a lot of mandolin, didn't he, where it wasn't fashionable. Not at all. At all. It wasn't even known, really, as an instrument in pop. No. No, I don't think it really had been. Is there any other check-ins then that you remember? So you're a big Bowie fan, Beatles fan? Yeah. Surprising or notable ones? Beatles were the biggest. I mean, just I got to go into Abbey Road Studios once and and that was Studio Two. And that was just like religious, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know you you did as well, didn't you? Yeah, I went as part of my job. I went in there three times because... He was a really nice guy called Jack, who's the events manager there. And we had these review meetings. I'm like, yeah, I'll come in person, you know, because I kept wanting to go to Abbey Road. Yeah, just even in there, it's like in the canteen. Oh, this is where this happened with one of the Spice Girls. And then so he's like a bit of a I mean, that's their brand they're selling, isn't it? But yeah, I did a thing as well, which they were doing for corporates where you get to sing in there and that you record a version of Little Help from My Friends with all these other corporate people that are there for the evening. Right. So, yeah, right, it's obviously right. around the corner. Um, yeah. I was there for a, uh, a Beatles book event, the History of Abbey Road or whatever. And the coolest thing was they had all the pianos set up and they, they had put little um, stickers, dot stickers on all the keys. And they said, anyone can, can anyone play piano? And, you know, of course, I, I know where the notes are on the piano, so I shot my hand up. <laughs> and you went up to the top and they all said, okay, on three, everyone play one, two, three. And you, you you were given a couple of stickers to play. And so we all played and it was the same three pianos at the okay. very end of A Day in the Life. And it was yeah. just amazing to hear those pianos in that room. It was the exact same sound. Oh, so you did that and yeah. they were the same pianos same pianos boom you know <laughs> and like and we all held it down because we had held the reverb pedal down uh and that yeah that was just it's the combination of the pianos in the room and the decay and like it was all just perfect and you know and experiencing it in 3d you know or you know in in real life the sound oh god it was amazing so this is a paid app isn't it it's worth paying for though, isn't it? It stops ads and tracking and all that. When I've experienced selling something, when you have to pay, hmm. it's actually a better product and you you have an accountable product, if you know what I mean. So yeah, that's what I would say on it. Well, we, uh, we definitely set it as a, we did a lot of market research and we're like, look, how much would you pay for this? And three pounds 99 hmm. seemed to be a sweet spot 
where it was less than a pint, it, it definitely transforms your experience of London if you're here. That being said, we have uh, really soon, we're going to come out with a, a free version, but it only has a hundred spots in it. So it basically gives you an idea of what the app is about. It, uh, it lets you see what's near you, but it doesn't let you see everything. It doesn't let you do the, see all of the 1900 locations, which are now in there. So that's coming out in the next couple of weeks. How is it? So there will be a free version, but the hope is that people will see it and be like, oh, I wanted a lot more. Mm. Or is the idea where they can have a free trial? We thought about that one. I suppose well, that yeah. One. Well, you get the credit card details. The free trial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The free trial is harder with this app because we don't do ads. We don't take your email address. We don't. You know, we don't try and sell you anything outside of what we're doing specifically as a music fans for music fans. So, you know, we're not, we don't have cookies. We don't, we're not doing any of that stuff. We're just providing a service. So that's why, that's why you do have to pay for it um, mm. for, to get the full service. But at the same time, you know, this has been, this has taken me six years to put together. And it has you know, to be, I mean, yeah, you have to have a return. Yeah, and, and like we a, pay. We have, we have to pay to be on the app yeah. store. No, I'm all on board with paying for things. I don't feel like it's right, especially art-driven, creative things. Yeah, it's been compromised, hasn't it, by a lot of stuff, streaming, and you know, free apps. That even like Tinder didn't make any money for like five years, apparently. You know, and it's just uh, yeah. I mean, this is, it's me and my friend, like we're, we're two people doing this, you know, yeah, yeah. we've paid for everything. Like yeah. I've paid so much money, you know, registering the company was, you know, we, which we needed to do, but it's just, yeah. you know, it's just a lot of money. And, and so it's like, just even to break even would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'd be okay with that. Um, and it's the price of, it's the price of half a pint in the West end. True. It's the price yeah. of a coffee. If you get a large coffee, you know, with the, all the crap on it, you know, so it's yeah. worth it. And it's something you can use again and again. And the only other product I can think of like that is our Chromecast, which you stick in the TV. You pay oh, yeah. once. That's another good product, which you use again and again. We'd pay a monthly fee for that, I'd say. Yeah. And the goal is to eventually have New York and San Francisco and Chicago and Memphis and Nashville and New Orleans and, and, you know, I've got Liverpool all mm. ready to go, basically. Have you? Manchester all ready to go. So, yeah, I mean, there's all these cities that are, I've got hundreds of locations every, you know, in all these other cities too, because it's lockdown. I've been, I've had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's the second city with the most musical heritage in terms of check-in? <sighs> I guess of what you've seen, it might not be factual, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think New York is up there. Mm. Um, just because it's got all the jazz and, you know, as well as all the early rock and roll and the, you know, everything, the hip hop, New York is, is a bottomless well, just like London. I mean, London, I, I, I just felt like it needed to exist for London because so much history has happened here and so much, it's a crime to, to be, to pass these things every day and not know about it, not at least not know about it. I don't know. It's really been cool to to just delve really, really deeply. And I, I've probably seen more of London than most Londoners have because I've taken 1900 photos around London right now. Yeah. So I actually did see Weller. He's the only celebrity I've seen 
on my walk around London. He goes out. Yeah. Was that Little Venice or Maida Vale? It was. It was in Warwick Avenue. I just was just coming, literally just coming up out of the, uh, the tube station at Warwick Avenue. So it was amazing seeing Weller just walking in. A, and I did a double take because, you know, I, I'm a rampant mojo reader. So I know what he looks like now. And I just read an article about him. And it's like, yeah, he kind of clocked the fact that I knew, recognized who he was. But then I was, you know, too. I, he was with his kid. I didn't want to make it weird. No, you don't know with him, do you? But I think he's mellowed quite a lot over the years now. And there's a few people like that that I, mm. I don't think I would. Because, um, yeah. Yeah, who would yours be? Would you have some people, music people, that you wouldn't approach? Oh, McCartney. I don't know. McCartney, I would, I would say I wouldn't approach him, but maybe I would. If you're stuck in a lift with him. Well, yeah, I would definitely say something. I mean, it, you know, it would just be like a reiteration of a million interactions he's had before. Mm. But at the same time, like, it would just mean so much to me. I mean, he changed my life. He's got good humor, McCartney, hasn't he? So, yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, I, I checked in at his house, and um, nice. I thought that I thought that was interesting. I won't go into it too much, but it's very uh, it's right there, isn't it? You know, so uh, it's right there. And mm. and the cool thing is just how close it is to Abbey Road. And you just walk down the street. Yeah, I mean, my walk is very Britpop. So that walk, sort of Finchley Road area, down to baker street and stuff which i did today mm. is very john mm. lennon there's a few lennon and mick jagger lives right there near the um, royal academy of music and yeah. stuff and then if i go yeah. to camden it's very liam gallagher noel gallagher kate <laughs> Moss, all that stuff yeah so amy winehouse yes amy winehouse yeah she actually used to dj at the monarch have you got the monarch yeah. on it oh yeah of course Chalk Farm oh, yeah. Folk is in it. Didn't you look? Oh, I haven't looked. I should look for that. That's You're great. in there. You're oh, in the app. Oh, God, I'm in there. That's Come great. On. Well, we might have to bloody start at that bar. We might have to go and squat in it, take it over. <laughs> and the Monarch was in uh, Spaced as well. There was, they filmed was an episode of Spaced. Oh. I can't believe you haven't looked at the app, the location. Of the Monarch. The Monarch. No, I don't think I've checked. Yeah, I've, in I've the app. 99 check-ins. It's there. That's amazing. You probably yeah. got more check-ins than anyone else in the country besides me. I was <laughs> going to do my hundredth today, but I really needed a wee and it was something I wasn't interested in. It was like a Cliff Richard thing or something. And yeah. so I've saved my hundredth check-in. I don't know what it'll be. What's your favorite area of London for, for check-ins? Well, I don't know. I think you can't go past Soho. I mean, it's just, mm. it was really like when we first started thinking about the app we were just going to do soho and have it be like a proof of concept to sell it to somebody else mm -hmm. and then i realized no one's stupid enough to do it <laughs> except for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but soho just has like literally every street you walk down there's like check in there check in there check in there check in there like mm. every street it's just so much like it's so much that you know, we have little red pins on the on the map where you can see where everything happened. And if you if you're looking at a map of London, Soho is like you can't distinguish the pens because they're just it's all, too many. All, there's too many. It's all grouped together. I mean, there's probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds just in Soho. Is the center of the London musical universe? Is it where that alley is, where that studio was at? And you know Wardour Street. I feel like it's there, where there's everything. 
is on you know it used to be the marquee on wardour street yeah and i feel like if i was to pick a spot that would be the one where you've got the most within like 500 yards yeah that's that's probably true i mean denmark street as Mm. well has every every single building on denmark street has a story as you know yeah um i listened to your denmark street podcast yeah that was good dan is a dan is really clued up with this stuff as well I'm like a champion of this app. So we need like another hundred people like me to sort of, you know what I mean? To have yeah. music people around them. So yeah. um, it just might, you know, slow burner of things. Cause this is such an interesting idea, I think. Uh, well, I, hopefully when tourism comes back, you know, mm. in over the late summer. I went to Notting Hill and I thought that was more, more of an eye opener than I expected when I walked there. Mm. Lots mm. of the clash, lots of Damon Albarn related stuff yeah the walk that way yeah it goes through like the lily allen paloma faith thing kensal rise and all that and then yeah i found yeah when i was under the west way literally i put on that blur <laughs> song the other day under the west way and then yeah i knew about a lot of them but i didn't know about the all the record shops and like where Jimi hendrix bought his military jacket is there yeah i was lord lord kirchner's valet mm, yeah yeah, it's, um, still, it's still a vintage shop, isn't it? Yeah, it is, which is great. I actually um, played in the Mother Black Cap as well. Uh, oh, right. So I don't know who's played in there, but that's now Flats. Wait, it's a pub from the, Withnell and I. Withnell and I, yeah. I think oh, it's in man. the app. I think I checked it in. It is. It is. That, that's funny enough, the street where my mum grew up as well, right there oh, wow. next to uh, the Mother Black Cap. Oh, God. That so film is so such a... I love that film so much. Like pouring over that film has helped me with British accents in your <laughs> <laughs> Why is he behaving so tightly? Because a gang of cheroot vendors considered a haircut beyond the limit of my abilities. I don't advise a haircut, man. All hairdressers are in the employment of the government. Hair are your aerials. They pick up signals from the cosmos and transmit them directly into the brain. This is the reason bald-headed men are uptight. Absolute twaddle. What's your most surprising one? That's you know, mine is that one behind a Costa in Belsize Park. Have you got any that are kind of interesting in that you'd never expect something so momentous to be? Yeah, I guess it's all the little things, really. We live in Borough in Suffolk, and like about a ten minute, maybe twenty minute walk away is, is Peckham Manor School. And it, you know, it wasn't until really recently that I found out that's where Bob Marley and Johnny Nash played for the students there, because a teacher just had invited, had seen them at a club and invited them. And this is all before, you know, Catch a Fire, before Marley put out, put out the record. And and just like I was able to sort of go around the corner and take a photo and of the the building where the concert happened and then Marley and Nash went out and played soccer or football with with the kids, you know, at the school. And, you know, it's just like little like human moments like that make it just so cool. Like that it's, it all happened right there. And I'm a huge Marley fan. And, and so that was, there's so much Bob Marley in London too. That's interesting, isn't it? So he lived here. That's not really expected, is it? You wouldn't have yeah, thought yeah. that he was in London, but yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, he lived here at several places. I mean, I think we have four or five of his houses in London. Um, um, but again, you wouldn't know unless you got this app. 
Yeah. Or your dad uh, went to gigs. <laughs> exactly. Know? Or, you know, you had a friend who was just like, that's, that happened there, that happened there, that happened there. And I've gotten a lot of stuff from that. You know, I, I've gotten a lot of stuff from friends. I mean, I've been reading biographies nonstop websites. I mean, we try and credit everyone, every source, you know, but it's all like history. It all happened there, you know. Funnily enough, that's all I really read is rock biographies. Yeah. A great one is Ian McLagan. Have you read that one? All the I Rage. I read that one, no. I think it's quite rare now. I think it's out of print, but that one all right. is very, because he had a great um, patter about him for stories. He was obviously in the small faces and the faces also played with the Stones, Dylan, Springsteen, Rod, Ryan yeah. Adams, people that are from the 90s and 2000s as well. So, yeah, I recommend his book, Ian McLagan. Well, a couple blocks over on Bermondsey Street was the stage where um, that was Stu- Ian Stewart's place, rehearsal right. studio, where the Stones rehearsed. And they recorded some of um, Exile on Main Street there. And that's where Rod Stewart joined, joined the faces. Okay. And it's called The Stage. It's still there. And what is and it now? Nothing. Well, it's still called The Stage. And I, th- I think it's vaguely music related now, but in the basement, Ann Stewart rented it out. And that's where the faces were rehearsing. And Rod Stewart was like in the control room. Hiding, yeah. Hiding. Shy. Yeah. yeah. And then and then Ronnie Wood said, you know, get in here and, and sing. Mm. And that's where he joined the faces. Like, you know, that's like two blocks over. It was like, that's that to me, like, is the whole purpose for the app. Just, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that until, yeah. you know, I found out. And now it's like anyone can just open it and find it. Yeah. That's good that you can play the song on Apple Music. So I'm going to have to get Apple Music to do that because then you really feel the place, if you know what I mean. Like that's something that makes it magic to me. Yeah, wow. I actually just got a Faces album on eBay for four quid. And that's another thing where it's like, it's four quid, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's not as good as a wink. I didn't have it on vinyl. It's my new hobby on eBay. I sort of sort them by uh, the ones ending the soonest. And that are below ten pounds, <laughs> so all I'm basically paying is the postage. Nice. There's lots of people yeah. getting rid of vinyl, so yeah. Uh, I'm accumulating it as well. I have yeah. A huge... So how do you see? I'd never done it until now. I've got stuff that I bought over the years, but only maybe a total of twenty records. So are you got like a thousand records, or what's your? Not mm. that that matters, but are you a serious? Are you got more? Yeah. yeah. I do like I've, it. It's a different experience. I've got, I've got about 2,500 LPs and 2,545s. Wow. Stuff it, from America, well, Sydney. Yeah. Here, wow. All over. For the most part, I've been DJing Soul. And uh, and those records, you know, some of them are cheap, but most of them aren't. So, mm. you, you know, you kind of have to... So I've just kind of been slowly accumulating all these records that I wanted and really liked and, you know... So you DJ vinyl only? Only vinyl, yeah. So you know how to overlap, you know, the songs. proper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really beat. I don't really beat match the uh, '60s 45s, but it, it's been it's been fun. I mean, you know, I've got I've I've gotten more into sort of the, what's called psych now. You know, the kind of like fuzzy '60s dance tracks and things like that that are. This sounds great in a club. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, it, you're here and you're like, I ha- cannot 
I cannot not dance to that. Mm. I have to get out on the dance floor right now. And that's the stuff I love. You don't know it. You don't know what it is. You know, it doesn't matter. It just, it just makes you want to dance. That's, those are the funs, fun ones for me. So when the world is back, your DJ name is your name, isn't it? And you do, where do you do it? Is it a restaurant? Is it? Uh, you know, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, I, I was DJing um, with Have Love Will, Will Travel, which is a friend of mine who started a night and he's had me on several times at, um, at Helgi's, uh, which in Hackney, which is amazing. This like crazy cool bar, but yeah, it's been really fun. Like there's this DJ scene of just people who like hang out and I did a French night. So I did all sixties like Serge Gainsbourg and Jacques Dutronc. I, I love exploring new little areas that, you know, I didn't know about before. What's next for the app? What I would love to happen is that it becomes, um, I don't know, it becomes a thing that I can take to every city, you know. The thing is, once I realized that I that this is what I really like to do and, and that we actually had the app accepted and and the app is the app is on the app store. So it's been really fun. It's been like, well, you know, how, where can we take this and, and how can we unite music fans all over the world to to sort of get on board? I think the next step might be to make it more social and, and to make it sort of a framework in every city where you can submit sites and photos and things for your, mm. your favorite places. And I think that that might be next, but I, I don't really know. I mean, the nice thing is it's provided a nice framework in London and it would be nice to take it to further cities. Yeah. I know we're winding up, but I'll just ask another maybe boring question. How yeah. difficult is it to get on the app store then? Is that like a thing that's like trying to land on the moon or something? It, it seemed that way. All <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's lots um, of logistics and kind of rules and review processes is there. And Yeah. We went through several, several different um, application projects we, we turned it in and, and initially, and they said, well, this is just a directory. And we were mm. like, yeah, that's the whole point of it is mm. that it's a directory of great music sites in London. But they were like, it's a directory for your business or whatever, or for your site. And it was like, no, they, they didn't really get the concept that the app was the thing. The app was the end result. Mm. Whereas a lot of apps are, are sort of the, uh, the extension of the company that has the website and the business and the e-commerce or whatever. Um, the app is the end result here. Mm. The app shows you what's happened near you and, and everywhere. And, and so, yeah, we could put that on a website and that would be interesting when you're at home, but when you're out in a city, the whole point is you want to know what's near you and, and the website's not going to do that. And what helped you overcome that then this, this objection there? Actually, um, we gamified it through uh, some recommendation. And I think it's, it's made it a lot better. And to be honest, you know, going through the process made the app a lot stronger. We added all of the um, Apple Music songs that, that related to all of the sites and the check-in bit with the plectrums. I, like, I'm a former graphic designer as well, so I designed all the plectrums that you, know, you check in. You got a little Beatles plectrum or, or 
guitar pick, which, you know, in America, that's what I would call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so that's, I mean, but that's been fun. You know, it's like at first I was like, well, I don't know if that would would motivate me, but it's it, but it motivates people. And that's it's fun. And it, it surprised me how much I really enjoyed. You know, I have like 100 plectrums right now. <laughs> Big thanks to Worth. The app's called Singing Streets. It's on the App Store, iOS, Apple thingamajiggy, and it's coming to Android soon. And big thanks also to you for listening. The next episode is Britpop. It's an all-star cast of people that have appeared on the pod before. See you then. Take care. Keep warm. Keep cool. Bye.